Hello, everybody. It is great to be here again today. And my name is Gary Fowler, and I'm the CEO, President, and Founder of GST Get You Done Venture Studios, the premier AI and quantum venture studio located in the heart of Silicon Valley. The 17-time serial entrepreneur, love artificial intelligence and quantum computing. We believe that intellectual capacity is evenly spread, but opportunities are not. And today I have my incredible guest, Sarid Smedar. He's from Israel. We're going to be talking about his experience, and we're going to be talking about Drag and Flow Systems, his company. Drag and Flow is a front-end application development environment for business and health processes, empowering organizations to create automated dialogue-based applications from process flowcharts and do it effortlessly and quickly. So with that, I'd like to bring Sarid on. Hi, Sarid. How are you today? Very well. Thank you for having me, Gary. Yeah, no problem. So I have a question for you. So um, why in the world did you go to Nanjing University? Well, I, first of all, Nanjing is a great place, although in the summer it's a little bit hot. Mm -hmm. And Nanjing used to be uh, the capital of China for a certain period of time. The southern, the southern capital. But uh, during my studies in the Hebrew University in uh, Jerusalem, I was assisting uh, uh, to host uh, a delegation from China, from actually from the largest electronical uh, factory in China, from Nanjing. They called Panda Electronics, and uh, we, we, you know, we we had a good a good touch with them, and and they offered me to come over. And after I finished my studies in. Uh, in the, the Hebrew University to go and uh, to continue for advanced uh, Chinese studies in Nanjing. And that's what I did. It was an incredible experience, you know. We were an uh, uh, international community from all over the world, from the US, from Asia, and uh, from Europe. And all of us are quite eager to, to you know, to enjoy China and the culture and language. And it was, it was a brilliant experience. How were the people? Well, the people, the, pe the people were great, you know, it's, uh, we're talking about, well, I like Chinese people, like, you know, in, in general, I like people, but uh, uh, when, when I came to China, it was uh, mid, early mid nineties, China was not as modern as, as it was. And I think that in a, some, to some extent, it was more naive and uh, it was great, more traditional, let's put it this way. And uh, I enjoyed every moment there to explore. Every day was a new exploration in terms of meeting new people, uh, enjoying the food, culture, and uh, used to travel a lot. It was absolutely a fantastic experience. Wow, that's great. And so you spent time, you know, you did marketing and sales from Aerotel Systems, right? And you were dealing specifically with the Pacific Rim. So that must have been interesting. How long were you there totally? How long were you in China? Totally, I've been in China for three and a half years, and uh, one year I was studying, and then, you know, I was eager, I finished my study in China, and then uh, and then I I was eager to come back, you know, and uh, it's it's quite an interesting story. I was uh, uh, I was looking for a job. I came back to Israel as a student, just, uh, just uh, finished, uh, graduate from school, and uh, very young, and uh, I went and uh, I met this company, Aerotel, and uh, they gave me a chance, you know, I was very young and they said, well, I said that I, I specialized in China and I wanted to go back. And they said, well, we get, I was lucky enough, they gave me a chance. 
to go with the director of sales and marketing. We participated together in a week, a very large exhibition in Beijing. And then I was, uh, um, I left, I was left there all by myself for three months to follow up the show and with the leads that we had on hand and to see what we can, what I can come up with. And then I extended it for one more month. And after four months, I managed to make a few sales. And then I ended up uh, staying in, uh, in, in Beijing back then with their hotel as their local representative. So it was, it was quite an experience. Wow, that's great. Well, I love that. That's a, that's a fantastic story. And then you went to Nice Systems. And, and again, you're working in Hong Kong, China, Taiwan, Korea, right? What? So you, so, and, and if you look at your career, it's really focused a lot of it, at least to 2000, was focused on uh, the Far East, correct? Yeah, yeah. For, for at least, at least during the 90s and, uh, um, Till 2000, I was I was traveling a lot, a lot in in Asia and um, you know all over, including Australia, and it was great. You know, I think that while I was at Nice, I think 60, 70 percent of my time was in, in planes and uh, all over Asia, and uh, you meet a lot of people, and uh, it, it was it was an amazing experience. Wow, that's yeah. and so you went from Nice to Elbit, and then. Yeah. So you decided to focus on uh, CT Motion, decided to focus on Europe and Asia. So yeah. you made the transition over. How was that, making the transition, what, what, going from the Far East over to Europe? Yeah, well, first of all, back then, Hong Kong was, was quite uh, had a lot of European uh, um, influence, you know, and it, it was not not the <laughs> Uh, not that uh, big of a change, although the the flights were quite shorter, so uh, it was um, basically it was uh, quite okay. I uh, I embraced it and adopted it easily. It was it was good to start having short flights rather than long one to Asia. That was oh, the major and, and how would the you know so the people were interesting. Like, how much has it changed, Sarah? Now it's a lot different than it was then, right? The back in the 90s and 2000s. China's a totally different place, right? It's not the same. Well, I believe that it's it's got a bit different. No, no doubt about it. Far more sophisticated, I believe, and um, and and less a bit less traditional, at least from our expectations, I believe. But uh, people remains people, so you know it's it's all the same. I still maintain some contacts with uh, with uh, friends over there. Some of them scattered around the world. Some left, stayed in China. Some foreigners also started having roots in China, so they stayed in Shanghai. And uh, we are all in touch. So it's something that we 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 embrace the change. Things have been changed, but still, people are the same. That's interesting. And do you speak Chinese? Yes, I do. I speak a little Chinese. Well, I used to be far more fluent, but uh, I still speak Chinese. Two years ago, we went to Thailand, and, uh, and instead of speaking English, most of the time I spoke Chinese, and it was uh, quite refreshing. I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep my Chinese as much as possible. Obviously, I read and write far. Uh, I, I I got rusted, I must say. I, I, it's it's not as I used to be, but uh, definitely, with, in terms of speaking, uh, verbal speaking, it's it's. Uh, now, is it hard to write Chinese? Is it hard to figure out what caricatures to use? Well, you know, 
uh, in, in, in after practicing for such a long time, you know, when I was studying this, I was studying this also in, during my university uh, days in Israel. It's one way, or another, one way or another, it's engraved in you because you, you practice so much. So um, it's, it's not easy, but it's, it's doable. And obviously the Chinese nation, uh, most of them write and read. So obviously it's not that hard. Just need to practice. Wow, it's, it's interesting. Okay, so then you went to Celius uh, Sense. And yeah. so was one of the phones. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. What was that like? And you, you've been doing, you did that for 20 years. Nearly, yes, yes. Well, together with my, uh, with my uh, co-founder, uh, Nahi at uh, Dragonflow, we've, uh, we've uh, co-founded Celisense. Uh, and basically, Celisense, uh, we've developed a set of tools for uh, natural language search-based uh, um, capabilities. So uh, we, had, we had these uh, tools that we have developed and uh, we had to customize it. Basically, it was a project-based uh, uh, tools where we had to customize it per, per each and every customer which we've met. Uh, we started with the UK a little bit in Europe, and then we've realized that we have something strong from all over the world with the Hebrew language in terms of parsing the Hebrew language for search purposes. And uh, we, we focused in Israel in, uh, with, with large blue-chip uh, Israeli companies. So we made quite a few projects with finance, with government, with transportation. And uh, this, was, uh, this was, I believe, the glue that uh, started the whole story in terms of uh, entrepreneurship between uh, uh, Nahi, my co-founder with Dragonflow. And, uh, and uh, since then, we've been working together. And so, like you have Weight Watch, you have a wide variety of companies. You got uh, Migdal Insurance, Weight Watchers. So... Like, what were you doing with them? I know you, you talk about, um, uh, you know, process, but what exactly were you doing with those companies? So you go into Weight Watchers. What do you do? Well, with Weight Watchers, actually, it was our first first Israeli uh, uh, partner and customer. We've, we've customized through, uh, it was back then, uh, using text, uh, a BMI application that was uh, based on natural language parameters, which you could express yourself in terms of who you are, who you were, and then we passed it and then provided you the BMI and the uh, Weight Watchers relevant information about certain products. We put also some uh, uh, basics information about uh, dietary info. So that was that was then. In terms of uh, insurance, for instance, we we've used our set of, set of tools for uh, document search based on natural language search. Uh, we did it also for banking, for financial information and mm -hmm. transportation, how you go from one place to another, describing different addresses and other uh, parameters all in natural language. That's what we did. So basically it was a set of tools which we customize per each and every customer. So how much more efficient do you think by doing using the NLP in those kind of environments, how much more efficient and how much more effective do those companies uh, become, right, in terms of their solutions? Are they 30% better, 50% better? What do you think in terms of, you you know, injecting NLP into them? Well, it's, first of all, it's a gradual exponential uh, thing, which you start in one point and then you improve it, as you, as you may know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and eventually you get into a point where 
at least the topic that you are covering is being covered in in the most accurate in the in the in the most comprehensive manner so you're getting fair good results and that's what it's all about so as long as you are looking at a specific uh, uh, topic and you cover it correctly then you are you are gaining brilliant results obviously if you're going to a very large and uh, uh, and methodologist uh, as topics then it could be problematic mm. so it's how you design and how you focus the solution to be in terms of what would you like to cover so you you know go go to the next level let's talk about dragonflow systems so how did you come up with the idea of dragonflow well um uh, during the time that we were at Celesense, we've we've noted we've noted that many of our partners and customers are using flowcharts in order to describe different processes within their uh, within their IT uh, uh, development. Whether they would like to go through a certain process, prototyping. So we've discovered that uh, using a flowchart is something that is within the nature of many many organizations. And then it was just the, uh, the, the preliminary stage of getting into uh, uh, an IT project. And then we came to the notion, why can't we take a flowchart and, and make it as the designing point as well as the coding point so we will save a lot of time in terms of all the, st all the steps that IT is usually doing when they have to uh, uh, start an IT project with a specific department within the organization. So uh, that, that's it all. How, that's how it starts. It starts. So, so um, you know, so you're going down through this and really, you know, applying um, NLP right to those environments. But how much better do the processes become? So give me an example. How do you take what complex business process? and then with conversational scripts, et cetera. But give us an example of what it would look like. Well, uh, the NLP, first of all, the NLP with Celesense is is not necessarily being implemented within Dragonflow. Okay, got it. Yeah, so, so what, I think a, a little bit different, but let me perhaps start with, you know, let's, in terms of defining the problem as we saw it back then and what really that. You know, many, uh, uh, most of IT uh, uh, department within the organizations are overloaded with requests from different departments in order to become more uh, uh, more advanced in terms of uh, uh, digital application. They would like to save money and, and to become more efficient. Therefore, digital transformation, obviously, and, and to become and to be seen innovative. And when, when you look at, at the typical IT project, you have the, the guys from IT has to nominate a, a system analyst and then a project manager and then a QA and of course a programmer. They all have to sit and speak with the customer within the organization, whether it sells uh, support or others, understand what he needs, then to go back to fix the design, start to develop QA, the whole story, a big, a big, uh, uh, a, a big task, long lasting, and of course, very expensive. Uh, uh, let's take, for instance, Maccabi Health Services, which uh, they are one of our customers. Maccabi is, uh, uh, is serving approximately 3 million people in Israel. They are the second largest uh, HMO. And uh, 
And they have, for instance, they have a call center that receive uh, information uh, about faulty equipment within, within uh, uh, Maccabi's branches who scattered around the country. Now, external technicians are, are uh, being invited over to the specific branch, fix the equipment, and then they pick up the phone and they, they call the call center, staying on the line, and then have to speak with the, uh, with the live agent and start to explain that they fix the ultrasound machine, the, the, the printer, the x-ray, and the whole process of what they did used to be verbally over the phone. So we were approached by Maccabi in order to solve this and to take the whole story into a digital manner in a, most automate, in a, in a quick, automated uh, fashion. And that's what we did. So before I continue, here I think that it's the right time to explain what actually Dragonflow is doing. Mm -hmm. Dragonflow is a development environment for creating a dialogue-based uh, uh, interactive applications for non-IT professionals. Mm -hmm. That means that when uh, uh, a professional within the organization could take uh, a flowchart that uh, using an off-the-shelf tool that he's using on a daily basis, such as PowerPoint, Draw.io, Visio, and to simply uh, describe a process or a transaction through this uh, uh, software that he's using, and then upload the drawing into <coughs> upload the drawing into our server. What Dragonflow is do what it does is basically convert the drawing into an interactive-based application. A dialogue based, sorry, dialogue based interactive application, which immediately can be accessed over web, over mobile, and over instant messaging. What we're doing is basically we take the different shapes of the flowchart and we turn it into live things like buttons, we turn it into uh, decision junctions and, and calculation junctions so you could receive information and provide information in a very quick and uh, easy manner. Oh, so that's fantastic. What, what we did with Maccabi, I, will, I would like to explain what we did with Maccabi. We took a flowchart and we described the whole process, the whole journey of the technician. What kind of, what kind of equipment he did, he, he repaired, what he did, who authorized what. And, and then if he, for instance, he was working on a printer, then we forced him to go through a specific protocol of, of work to clean the head, to do this, to do, to, to do others who authorized to change what was with the equipment. Everything is described in the flowchart, uploaded to the server, and then we we've created an application, which was he, which he can then, he could just uh, simply uh, 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 push the button, provide his information, and update the uh, application on the backend. IT basically steps in at that particular instance only to connect the application to the back office in terms of the technician ID and the call <coughs> and the service call information which had to externalize. That's about it. So it was quite quicker and quite easy. And basically we saved a huge process of IT uh, programming, which was unnecessary. Because in the end of the day, what we are doing, we take a flowchart, we make it, we make it a sort of a design and the design is the programming method. IT only provides the connectivity to the back office, and sometimes when there is a, a need for specific pieces of code, it could be implemented within the flowchart. 
So the whole projects become far more uh, shorter and quick. Furthermore, when, uh, when the professional within, uh, which is non-IT, would like to change the application, he simply download the, the flowchart, change, change, uh, change it accordingly, the different signs, the arrows and the, the functions, upload it back, and then he's updating the whole application. Well, that's beautiful. So, do you? Th so this is really low code, no code with doing these, uh, you know, to make it easy for non-IT professionals. That is absolutely you're absolutely correct. It, the difference between no code or low code with with Dragonflow is that those are defined as development platforms which IT professionals need to master and need need to work with. While with Dragonflow, we allow non IT professionals using tools which they are using on a daily basis, such as PowerPoint, Visio, Draw.io, or others, to work, to continue working, and you, they don't have to invest anything in terms of learning a new environments, new platforms. So it's a major difference, and uh, we've already implemented this with uh, Rambam Health Campus in Israel, the third largest governmental hospital in Israel, where they took uh, Dragonflow and uh, use it in order to create an application for external patients who are visiting uh, uh, clinics of the, of the hospital, 70 clinics and institutions of the can schedule an appointment through Dragonflow. All is made through a flowchart, which identify you, you get, uh, verify, your, uh, verify your details, your contact details and information, you update your info, you choose the specific clinic uh, that you are that you are referred to, and then uh, specify the time and fix the appointment. Afterwards, you get relevant information about the the procedures you're going to take, anything that you need to know about it. You can change it, obviously, the time, all through a flowchart. Huge saving time, and we allow the non-IT professionals, the, basically the clinical uh, people uh, or, or others or, or marketing people to work on the flowchart and to basically to control the, the information and the way uh, application could be uh, maintained and deployed. This is something that up to now was only within IT hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. No, you, it's making the world a more democratized place, right? It's making it so everybody can participate. I love it. So we're coming to the top of the show, closing thoughts and how do people get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, we, um, uh, I'm available on LinkedIn, obviously, and also through Dragonflow System website. And um, I'll be available for any uh, uh, approach. So thank you for having me. Um, we are looking, I think one last remark, we are looking at the home care and home hospitalization market within the US. We've started already uh, some initial discussions with uh, um, uh, an organization which actually uh, looking uh, is looking at Dragonflow as an important tool for clinic for, for clinical uh, professionals, primarily on nursing, to allow them to create uh, uh, clinical and pro clinical protocols through Dragonflow, so uh, caregivers in the field could use it for specific. Um, for specific treatment of, of the patient. So this is something that we are looking at and we believe that it has a very important future for, for all of us. No, that's great. So Sarah, thanks for taking your time.
And for everybody out there, you know, touch base with Sarah if you've got an interesting uh, opportunity, partnership, interesting investment opportunity, interested in investing in their company, reach out to them. Again, think about the world. You know, we all need to be able to participate in this no-code, low-code for non-IT professional world. Sarah's got it with Dragonflow. Check it out. To all of you out there, thanks for attending one more time. The GSD presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. And my name is Gary Fowler. I'm your host. I will be back again next Tuesday with another exciting edition. Stay happy, stay safe, and more importantly, stay healthy. I'll be back to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Sarah. Cheers. Bye-bye.